Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And we are still continuing on here with the offseason. No football anymore. Um, I don't know about you. I have pivoted pivoted a little bit more here to to some college basketball. Uh, I know we talked about that a little bit earlier on in the week here with the uh, Juwan Howard uh, situation. Uh, have you also been situation? <laughs> have you also been been checking out some college basketball? You know, not really. I love like March Madness. Like I legit like used to take the first two days of it off of whatever I was doing. I'm doing that. And yeah, well, go over to days. a buddy's house. We'd set up like three TVs and, you know, watch it all. I can't do it anymore with my job. Like I literally oh, can't take yeah. time off in March. Um, so I I can't really do it. I probably will stay home those days and, you know, kind of put some games on, uh, on, on some additional screens in the room I'm in. And that's kind of killed that for me a little bit. Plus, like Pitt has been bad lately and all that kind of stuff. So. That's true. Yeah, no, I'm uh, this year. I'm I'm taking half day Thursday, half day Friday. I work from home, so I'll work eight to eight to noon, and then there we go. Then we're ready to roll. You're gonna um, watch. Are you gonna watch um, Prices Right beforehand? I, I mean, I could throw it on just a little warm up. You have to. It's just like a yeah tradition, nostalgia thing. Yeah, tradition. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah this uh, this weekend I'm actually going to the Duke Syracuse game up in Syracuse. Uh, are you really the whole mm-hmm. way up there mm-hmm. yeah that's where um that's where becca went to to grad school she went Ew. up to syracuse so she's okay. taking a trip up there to see some of her friends i was like let's go see a basketball game so yeah, this, yeah. what's the weather supposed to be like up there not good not yeah. great <laughs> let's say why are you driving to syracuse <laughs> the end of february not great i mean we've had we had this plan for a little while um but you're way too you're way too agreeable man Hey, I want to. I'm, I'm excited agreeable. to go see a basketball game. I've never seen Duke play uh, in person, so you know it's Coach K's last year. So, thought, yeah, why not? Why not go see it? I mean, you went to. Did you ever go to any basketball games while you were at Pitt? Mm-hmm. Couple. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. we weren't good when I was there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I went to to a couple. Took took. Took Kels to a few as well, so she nice. likes college basketball. Yeah, we went occasionally. Nice. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm all amped up for for some March Madness now. So uh, that coming after this weekend, it's only going to get even more. Uh, I'm only going to get even more ready for it. But we'll dive into the show here. Uh, before we do, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the True North Fantasy Podcast. Play to Win podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, Triple Play, and the Fantasy Points podcast. You can follow them all on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drop that recaps the week in the Fantasy Points media group. Uh, so, like I mentioned, you know, off season here, still pretty slow news cycle right now. Uh, one thing that did strike me as interesting, though, here is the Packers have been restructuring players and, you know, freeing up some cap space here. They restructured um, a couple players, but the notable one, Kenny Clark, they freed up $10.8 million, uh in cap room with that. And Brian 
Gudekunst. You're doing great. You're doing Thanks. great, sweetie. Brian Gudekunst uh, came out and said that Aaron Rodgers, the Aaron Rodgers domino has to fall first before they're going to make any other moves, which I think makes sense. You know, I think we all kind of expected that. But to hear the GM actually say it just kind of solidifies it here. Uh, do we think that the Packers are freeing up this cap room to go after Rodgers and re- try and re- like restructure that deal? Or is this uh, is this something for Devontae Adams? Neither. Oh, they have to cut. They 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 literally they can't even restructure enough guys to get under the cap. Basically, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, how closely you've been following that situation, but multiple people have to go. They're like third, almost forty million dollars over the cap right now, and it's not like we'll just restructure these two people and then it's fine. Like the Saints or the Steelers or some of these other teams typically can do. They are in some serious deep doo doo. Like I think the, uh, the big one that's talked about a lot is, is trading David Bakhtiari in some sort of trade because they just literally can't afford them. Um, the window kind of definitely shut on them a little bit. Like this was kind of the last year, I think, just the way that roster was constructed. Um, like I know that the salary cap is a myth, but at some point, like you really do kind of come up to the edge of it and you just can't push it any further. And this this is one of those years. And maybe this would look a little different too without. Uh, the cap being suppressed uh, by that COVID year and, and going down one year, uh, which is basically unheard of. Um, so certainly that probably messed with their planning a little bit as well. But I think they would be making moves regardless just because they flat out kind of have to at this point. Yeah. Well, they don't really have an out yet in Aaron Jones's contract. Um, I believe that out comes uh, after 2022. Stupidest contract. <clears throat> Stupidest contract. They, they they could have helped themselves out a lot with some of the moves. I think we've talked about this a lot that they've mismanaged resources at a bare minimum between that and, and Jordan love. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, not great planning on their part. Well, the Jordan love thing, if they do decide to trade Rogers away, then they at least have somebody in the building that they've had there for two years. They groomed him a little bit. Um, so, I think this is the kind of the year where they have to make that move off of Rogers. And then that you want to talk about freeing up cap space, you know, that'll help you out. But yeah, I don't, does, does Devonte Adams resign there without Rogers? Good question. I don't know. I mean, I guess what did he say in his uh, press conference yesterday that, that they were hoping for like not a franchise tag. Like their goal was not to franchise tag. Right. I'm sure that's everybody's, but some teams do say, you know, like, well, that's, it's an option or whatever. And he kind of made it seem like that, that was kind of a last case, uh, you know, or worst case scenario, you know, break glass uh, in case of emergency. And that's, that's what's behind the glass. But without Adams, they don't really have anything there. Receiver wise for Jordan love. Like he is, he is not set up for success. That team, if they get rid of Rodgers, depending on what they get back, because obviously that's a large piece of the puzzle. It's not just he's disappearing. Yeah. But depending on what they get back, they could be in some serious trouble offensively. Truly, truly. I mean, the line's not bad. Maybe they they uh, pick up more of a rushing identity. Um, but I don't know. Like, unless you turn around and get another quarterback for Rodgers or... or like, I, I just don't know where the, where any sort of upside for that offense is really going to come from they've done an embarrassingly bad job Mm -hmm. of getting offensive talent there as of late 
Yeah. And I mean, I think that's part of Aaron Rodgers' frustration is the lack of support that he has had there. And you mentioned their O-line is, is solid, and it is. But if they lose Bakhtiari, if they, they seem to, to do okay this year without him, though. Um, I mean, obviously losing him isn't great, but he was banged up the past couple years. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's uh, that's one of those, like the Steelers, I remember uh, Alan Fanica, when they let Alan Fanica go to Arizona, I believe. Or no, he went to the Jets, Jets too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there I was think he went to the between. Jets first. Um, but that was like a case of like he's he was a really good player, but it was just like, you know, at some point it just becomes too much. And so that I, I don't and it, I, the Steelers didn't feel that loss like terrifically. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you do. So I think it's kind of going to be a similar scenario with with back to Ari there. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely a situation to to keep an eye on here as free agency starts to get closer and closer. You know, with Aaron Rodgers having to be the first domino to fall. That's going to set off a lot of other chain reactions across the league. Mm-hmm. Um, other news, Eric Bieniemy is back with the Chiefs on a one-year deal. Um, sounds like it didn't, you know, the uh, the interview process didn't really necessarily go the way he was hoping it would. Um, there's also some, you know, potential other issues going on around the league here that we won't dive into too deeply here. Um, but good news for the Chiefs that he's back. Yeah, I mean, if he's not happy with how things are going, he can always come be the Steelers, like assistant quality offensive coach or something like <laughs> that, like kind of like a Flores on the other side of the ball. We'll take him. Um, yeah, I'm. I guess I'm a little bit surprised, but at the same time, like I don't know, would a lateral move for him make sense? No, I, I, mean, think I don't he, think it would. I think he's stuck in a hard place because a lateral move doesn't necessarily make any sense, but. Career-wise, he's got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes there. And I think any offensive accomplishment that happens there, it's so easy to diminish his role. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't even a comment on whether he should be getting more credit or less. Like, it's just a straight-up fact that when you're, you know, your head coach is one of the greatest offensive kind of minded head coaches in the game currently, and then your quarterback is the best quarterback in the NFL – uh, there's there's not a lot of credit to go uh, around to anybody else. So I like I, I he is stuck between a rock and a hard place. I don't know exactly what his plan is. It's almost like you have to dip into co- like you know go become a college head head coach or something and then make that jump up or something. Like I I don't know exactly what he's going to want to do there. Yeah, like you said, it's it's a tough situation for him because a lateral move definitely doesn't make sense because you're making your situation worse like you're going from the best situation possible to not that and if there's a falter which there likely will be you know then the blame definitely gets put on your shoulders if he does not immediately improve whatever offense he would go to 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 Mm -hmm. say you know he takes a a offense coordinator job and if the zone like the chiefs if they don't skip a beat then yeah all Mm -hmm. of a sudden he looks like an idiot it's so it, it definitely is tough for him. I, I do feel um, a, a little bit bad for him. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I mean, you know, he's 52. So his. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. He looks yeah. a lot younger than that. Yeah, he's he's 52. His his head coaching window is, is closing. Uh, you know, it's definitely not an envious situation because while he's like we just said, he's an offensive coordinator on a great offense. 
I'm sure he has head coaching aspirations. He's been interviewing. So definitely something to keep an eye on as well there throughout the offseason. It's it's a or heading into next offseason. You know, maybe he gets another shot then. Um, but this offseason, there were a lot of openings, and he didn't get any of them. Uh, they went with some retreads in some situations. So, but moving on, uh, we get the Steelers here, Kevin Colbert, uh, which this will be his last draft, saying he knows that the they are going to add a QB this offseason. I mean, in other news, water is wet. Um, but the follow-up story to that is they do plan to tender Dwayne Haskins here. Um, obviously, they have Mason Rudolph as well, so they'll have Mason Rudolph. They'll have Dwayne Haskins, who they will have to tender. Um, they He got cut, correct, by the... Uh, by Washington. Yeah, Has- Haskins was completely cut. Yeah, we signed him off the street. You're right. That's that's what I thought. So you don't have to pay that first round tender. Um I'm not even sure exactly what that tender would have to be. I don't think it'll be anything substantive. I can never remember how those those tenders all work. Um yeah. yeah. There's like when it's a draft pick, I know it's first round, second round, exclusive rights like there's all yeah i don't remember exactly what he, what he yeah. would fetch stop trying to make fetch happen um so we're gonna have rudolph they're gonna have haskins they're going to bring in somebody else here you think you're gonna draft somebody in the first round uh to be a successor do you think they just they go out and get a free agent make a trade i don't know i don't know um i there, there is basically no chance, you know, if if your favorite fantasy analyst is saying that they think that Mason Rudolph is going to be the starter next year for the Steelers, they should no longer be your favorite fantasy analyst. They don't know what they're talking about, um, just to throw that out there. Um, Mason Rudolph, beyond maybe playing the first couple games, if they draft somebody, will not be the, the year-long starter next year. Like, that is just, like, an, a fact. Like, it's a, a well-known fact here in Pittsburgh. Like everybody knows this. Like the team has not kept it a secret at all <laughs> that 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 they they have no intention of starting Mason Rudolph for any sort of significant time period next year. Whether that's a player that they get in a trade, like a Carson Wentz or a Jimmy G, you know, a more expensive trade, uh, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Russ Wilson, you know, whatever whatever angle they would take there, or if they draft somebody. But it won't be Mason Rudolph, uh, and it won't be Dwayne Haskins either. The the quarterback that starts the the majority of games is not on the roster yet. Um, so I don't know who it'll be. I don't know what Avenue they'll take, but it won't be Mason Rudolph. As a Steelers fan, do you have any preference one way or the other? I'm a Rams fan. Right, right. Lifelong Rams fan, but Mm -hmm. you know, you, you, your AFC team is the Steelers, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously. Yeah. 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 I live in here, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Naturally. Naturally. Um, that bell bumblebee Jersey behind you there has, has nothing to do with it. Won me a league, our home league. Remember that? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Kicked everyone's <laughs> ass that year. I do remember that. Yes. Um, do you have a, a preference? You want them to draft somebody? Do you want them to draft a future option here? Or would you prefer more of a patchwork? Uh, I don't care. Like I would, and Jimmy G is probably, would probably be so cheap in a trade. Like if you can trade like a, you know, a third or a fourth round pick or something for him, I would be for that. I mean, the Niners haven't seemed to suffer at his hands the past couple years. He's not, 
a guy that you know he's going to be your your 10-year starter but I would be fine with Jimmy being a guy for two or three years while we kind of try to figure out something else, depending on what, what his cost is. If Ben's contract comes off the books, the Steelers have some cap space to play around with. And the roster overall outside really of the offensive line, which isn't even atrocious. Like it's not good, but it's not like the worst in the league either. I think outside the offensive line, this team is pretty set up to make some sort of a run. Like plug Jimmy G in and spend your first round pick on Tyler Linderbaum or something. You can't tell me the Steelers roster if you put it side by side with that Niners roster he's been on is markedly worse. The line's a little bit worse. But other than that, I don't think that the talent gap is enormous. No. And he would have some some solid weapons there. He would have a nice run game in Harris. Um, he would have Pat Fryermuth at tight end. He'd have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool on the outside. And if you like if and if if the cost is cheap enough for Jimmy, then yeah, you can afford to even take another receiver. Like that opens up, like say, like a, a Linderbaum or someone falls to our, the, their pick in the first round or whatever, and then George Pickens is sitting there in the second or something. Like assuming he doesn't just totally crater at the combine, like, like you can if that's no longer like a luxury pick, that's a pick you can just make because it's the best player on the board or whatever, and, and give another weapon and not feel bad or guilty or like you're you're uh, ab- you know ignoring other issues on the roster. I mean, there's the inside linebacker probably needs a little bit of help um, depending on who leaves in free agency this year, maybe another DB, but like they're not early major. Yeah. Horrible, awful issues Mm -hmm. that that the Steelers are going to have. Yeah. They're not positions they need to address early in the draft. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, All right. Well, we are at the point in the off season where, you know, you're kind of taking stock of what happened last year, projecting some things forward this year uh so we're going to take a look back at our rankings kind of recap players that rose the most players that fell players we don't know what to do with um so we'll start with guys that moved up the most in our rankings here who's one of the players that rose most significantly for you yeah so i don't know exactly where i had aj Dillon ranked at the beginning of the year i can tell you where i have him now I mean, but I like, you know, relatively speaking, he didn't raise that much. I think he was like in the 30s for me and now he's my RB20. But I definitely think that he staked a claim to be a long term guy there in Green Bay, regardless of Aaron Jones's status. I mean, he put up 1,100 all purpose yards or not all, like 1,100 scrimmage yards this year. It was a factor in the receiving game, you know, had had more than a handful of catches. He wasn't at Forte, but he like, you know, if something happens to Aaron Jones, he can fulfill a kind of a three down role. I still think he has issues as a player that are just undeniable at this point. You know, if you can kind of stack him up with the line of scrimmage and make him move side to side a little bit or hesitate, he's kind of toast, but he's done a good enough job at making that work for him. Like his, his athletic limitations situationally, like I was talking about earlier, you know, assuming that Aaron Rodgers leaves and they don't bring in some high level quarterback, they might run the ball. They you might see an uptick in the running game there. You know, they might focus a little bit on that, try to get the ball out of whoever's hands, Jordan Love or somebody else. So Dylan is a guy that I've kind of turned around a little bit on. I uh, picked him up in a couple leagues as the year went on um, as like an RB2, RB3 on a, on a roster. And I'm, I'm fairly comfortable depending on who my RB1 is. Like a, a couple rosters, I have Jonathan Taylor, RB1. And then I went out and got AJ Dylan as my RB2. And I'm fine with that scenario. It wasn't a, a costly move. I think I still think a guy, he's a guy where the cost hasn't quite caught up to potential upside especially again if something was to happen to aaron jones long term Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's a guy that rose for me as well. I don't, I don't remember where I had him at the beginning of the year either, but he's my RB 21 right now. Um, he's, he's sandwiched between Zeke and David Montgomery. And honestly, he should probably be above Zeke. Maybe uh, I have I don't him. Know. So I have Montgomery and Zeke at 23, 24 and I've done okay. 20. So a couple spots ahead of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right there in that cluster, uh, miles Sanders, miles, miles Sanders is right there for me as well. Uh, Same. Do we have the who are your RBs 20 through 25? Uh Zeke, Dylan, Montgomery, Sanders, Edwards Alaire, Leonard Fournette. Okay. We're relatively close. 20 through 25 for me is Dylan, Sanders, Hunt, Montgomery, Zeke. And then I have James Robinson there. I don't know how good I feel about that. I have Ramondre right behind him. I might actually flip those two. I have Ramondre at 26. <laughs> <laughs> and i have uh robinson at, me. robinson at 28 you copied me i'm, Hunt, I'm completely 29. convinced completely convinced well uh who was it um this little peek behind the curtain here was it i think it was um david no was it um matt or edna or uh, edna beast mode that did like a rankings comparison to see who was the most similar <laughs> yeah it was big wide receiver guy <laughs> okay um, he did yeah. So just, yeah, yeah. That's it for our rec- our freshman rankings. He did like yes. comparison. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And Alfred's <laughs> Alfred's matched <laughs> nobody. And again, I've told this story on already at least one of the shows on this site. I think I told it on WWE last night. Alfred doesn't listen to any of the shows, so like yeah. he will never know that we're having this conversation. <laughs> um, but his rankings, like the R squared for everybody else's, like. It's had somebody that was like, you mm-hmm. know, like 0. 0.2 or, you know, point like, and then his yeah. closest one was like 0. 0.009 or something. So yeah. Not even, <laughs> not even close. So um, I wonder if we ran one for the NFL stuff, how close we would be. Um, that would be interesting. But that was uh, a, that's a, it was really funny when we saw that. Not yeah. surprising. I think you and Matt were very close. You and Matt Bruning were very close for me. I think when we ran it. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, so our, our rankings similar, not a, not, not a mm-hmm. huge surprise there. Cause you copy me. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a complete imposter. I just like find your rankings. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. Jeez. I find your rankings and then I just like, all right, I have to make them slightly different. Let me move this guy down. One. It's like when you spots. go on Wikipedia yeah. for, uh, for your, your, the paper you're writing mm-hmm. and you just, you know, change a couple of the words around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. looking. If go to they go to the thesaurus and pull out a couple different synonyms yep. for some words. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the here's my homework. Don't copy it too much. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, I've I've done that. Uh, I've done that for my my whole life. I took in um, in uh, high school. Evan took AP European history. My older brother. Evan's your brother. Before. Your older yes. brother. Yes. <laughs> yes. Two years before me, um, he saved all of his papers because he's a pack rat. I went, he went off to college, so he didn't know this happened until later. I went into his room and found where he put all of those papers and just turned in the exact same ones. (laughs) You're a snake. Exact same ones. I would, I would make the corrections that were on the paper. What the fuck were they going to do to him? Nothing. Not putting him at risk at all. (laughs) No, nothing. But. But no, he was not happy about that. Um, yeah, as he shouldn't have been. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so player rose the most for me in my rankings um, here. One of them is uh, Brandon Cooks. And 
the reason he rose, he, he was pretty far down there in my rankings. I don't remember exactly where I had him, uh, but I was after the whole Deshaun Watson news, you know, I was, I was very concerned about who was going to be getting him the ball. You know, he was always a little bit undervalued anyway. Um, you know, he traditionally performs well, but he's very spotty throughout the season. Um, but this past year, you know, he, he performed very well with, with Davis Mills and whoever else, you know, trotted out there at the quarterback position. Um, he finished the year as the wide receiver 20. Um, and I mean, yes, he's 28 now, but he was way too low for me. He was down in like the fifties, I, I believe somewhere around in that range. Uh, and I moved him up into the mid thirties. I have him right there with um, Tyler Boyd, Kenny Galladay, Chase Claypool, Michael Gallup. I have him right there in that tier now. Uh, whereas he was a little bit below that for me before. Yeah, I don't know where I exactly I had him, but he's a guy that I, um, a cheap production guy. Actually, mm-hmm. I, dra- I drafted him in a startup already this offseason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he's undervalued right now. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, I was I was worried about that quarterback situation, but I don't think he's going to go to anywhere where there's a quarterback situation that's worse than what he just had. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so he's relatively QB proof. Yeah, Do you think he gets traded? Good. There is some buzz about that this week again for like the eighth time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that definitely could be. Um, if they trade him, like I said, he's it's not going to be a worse situation that he goes to unless you know he goes to a team that already has like multiple established wide receivers. Yeah. But everywhere he goes, he earns targets. You know, and they they say they tell me targets are earned. So that's what they say. The reason he keeps getting them. That's what they say. Uh, next one there. Who do you got the next riser for you? Uh, I mean, I think the most obvious name in the entire world that probably rose for 95% of people is Debo Samuel. Uh, I just wanted you to read it off the show sheet. Debo Samuel. Oh, okay. The Debster. The Debster. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I, th- I do think people are being a little too aggressive with his ranking. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have him as like my, I think he's my wide receiver 15. Um, and I just can't really see an argument to put him in front of like any of the guys. The only argument like, I, cause I still have Tyreek and, and Devonte Adams fairly high. Cause I still think Tyreek, the offense that he's in, in a three-year window, I think it's just very hard to ignore. And then uh, we had this discussion, I think last week, but Devonte Adams is a guy that I just see him aging super, super well. Like, uh, like again, not at the same rate, but like I, I could foresee a Larry Fitzgerald esque post 30 career for him where he is able to hang on for a long time. And I think his body type and the way he plays, he transitions to the slot. So those are guys that I still have ahead of Debo. Um, but you know, wide receiver 15 is still a, still a, a pretty valuable player there. I don't think, regardless of who his quarterback is, I don't think that alters the calculus there for me at all. Um, so uh, he's, he's pretty locked in there and he rose a lot for me. I don't know. I had him in the forties, maybe. I mean, he's with that guy. He's the guy that this offseason I'm like kicking myself because I wasn't going after him at all last year. And obviously now, uh, he's way more expensive than, than he ever was last year. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He, he skyrocketed this year. So that's, uh, that's a very obvious one. Like you said, I mean, he's, he rose up to wide receiver 20 for me. So. Wow, that's it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think he was down in like the mid thirties. Um, I think that's about where I had him before. But 
yeah, he rose up. He's uh, right there with like Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Jerry Judy. He's right there in that cluster for me. Mike Evans has dropped precipitously for me in my rankings. Not, I mean, I know eventually if I keep saying it year after year, um, it'll be right that this is the year he falls off. But uh, Tom Brady leaving, like, I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. Um, he's played with some, you know, excel with bad quarterback play before, but I think he's down in like the mid late thirties for me. Hmm. Like you just, I, I can't imagine spending a decent amount on him in a, a dynasty startup. Yeah, I, he's a little bit older, which, which does hurt. Um, and he's a name value. So people do still take, you don't, you don't get a value for him. Um, so I don't have him in very many places, but I would still be fine having him as a wide receiver on my team. Like you said, he's done well with some poor quarterback play. Um, you know, and we've been saying we do expect Tampa Bay to get somebody at the quarterback position. I don't think they're going to go into next year with Kyle Trask. I don't know, man. Blaine Gabbard, it's been the talk Blaine. this week. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get Blaine. I don't think they're going to roll with Blaine Gabbard. I think they'll do something. Uh, if they don't, obviously, you know, I would have to reassess there. You know, and then the uh, Chris Godwin situation definitely impacts it. You know how that ends up, but I'm still I'm I'm still fine with Mike Evans. I don't love it, but he's fine. Uh, the last player that rose for me uh, was Joe Burrow, and not that I had him particularly low. Uh, I believe he was like right around my QE 12, I think. I think I had him right in the, like right around where Matt Stafford is. Um, He moved up to my QB seven, but just his performance this year just kind of solidified his status as a top 10 dynasty QB and just made me feel very comfortable uh, with him. If he's my QB one, he was very consistent all year. Uh, you know, he had two games under 10 points. He had one game with 12 points. Uh, and then other than that, you know, it was consistently up around 18, um, 20s, a couple couple nice games in the 30s. So pretty consistent overall. It just makes me feel like a lot better with, with him after coming off of that knee injury. You know, obviously his weapons are a big factor too. Um, but Higgins, Chase, they're both on on rookie deals. You know, if they can protect him a little bit more, I feel even even a little bit better about it. So Joe Burrow is a guy that that rose up a bit in my rankings here. I think I'm still slightly low on him. Um, he, I think his ceiling still isn't great. Um, like I, I still have him really firmly behind, like. I, I, I still have him firmly behind Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, uh, yeah. Justin Herbert. Just mm-hmm. I would take Justin Fields over him still. Um, like I he I think I saw his ADP got up to like five or six overall in a super flex startup. Yeah. Um, and I have a league where some uh, schmuck keeps trying to dump him on me in some sort of exchange for Lamar Jackson and, and Kyle Pitts. Um and I'm just like not interested at all um, in making any sort of pivot there. I just don't. I, I I get that he has the nice weapons. I just don't know that I ever see. Like I just, he's not the kind of guy that's just kind of slinging it, you know. Like a Justin Herbert is like kind of just like well fuck it here we go. I, I don't know. I don't ever really get that vibe out of Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean I don't either, but I'm fine with that. 
you know, I don't, I don't need him to be that. He does lack the ceiling of a lot of those guys that you named. Um, but the guys that I have right around him, um, he is behind Lamar Jackson for me, uh, but pretty comfortably, like that's kind of where that tear break is. And then he's right there with Russell Wilson. Um, you know, we don't really know what's going on with that situation. Um, so that's what kind of keeps him so close to Russ for me. Uh, that's kind of what had him jump him. But then he's right there, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, you know, kind of right there in that cluster. And I just, I feel better about Burrow than those guys because, you know, Lawrence, bit of a down, you know, he had a down year this year. He struggled. You know, I still like the talent, but we are one year in now and he did not look particularly good. Uh, kind of the same thing with Fields. You know, he struggled at times as well. He did not perform quite as well as I thought he did. So I still like those guys. I'm still in on those guys, but we've seen it out of Joe Burrow now. So I'm comfortable moving him ahead of those guys. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm I'm not. Um, so, but I, I get it, I guess. Oh, who fell the most in your rankings then? Switching gears here. Oh man, who fell the most? So many people. Um I, to those rankings. So I put this, I put Jill and Rager down as my first answer. So this will kind of be like the cap on ever having to probably discuss him again. Yeah. I literally moved Jill and Rager to like next to last in my rankings. The dude's a bum. He's never going to do anything. Like even like, I don't think mentally he'll bounce back. If the, even if it's, you know, if it's some sort of mental issue, like, like mental block, like I just think he's, he's toast. Um, so this is the last time I want to talk about him. And I think, uh, this felt like an appropriate time to do it here at the beginning of the off season, talking about guys that, that have dropped the most for us. Uh, Jalen Rager is no longer relevant. He's like barely rosterable in anything, but the, the super deepest leagues, uh, I don't like a change of scenery won't even help him. I don't think, man, do you want to say a couple nice words for the guy at his eulogy here or no, I just kicked a little bit of dirt on us. Yeah. See you, buddy. See you later. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything that you said there. It's, you know, he was always one of those guys that I think got more hype than what he should have. Uh, I, I don't think he was a first round player. So I, you're not going to hear an argument from me on this one. Uh, he is, he did perform worse than I thought he would, though. Like, I thought he would be fine. Like, I thought he would be a, fantasy wide receiver two type kind of like a boom bust guy but he hasn't even managed to be that yet i'm not ready to put him next to last in my rankings yet you know if you offered me jalen rager for my fourth round pick i would probably take rager um but that's really about it you know i don't have him anywhere on any teams and i and i doubt i will moving forward so i don't disagree I mean, you can't even really blame it on Hurts at this point. Like, no. There were those games where, you know, he dropped like multiple passes. I mean, I think Hurts is an issue in terms of capping ceiling for some of these guys like Devonta or um, um, tight end. Got it. Got yeah, it. Thank you. Um, but like, I don't think you can blame anything for, for Rieger's disappointment on him at all. No, no, I would agree with that. Uh, guy that fell the most well, he didn't fall the most for me, but he definitely fell. Uh, that is Darren Waller. So I had him pretty high. I did have him, I believe he was my tight end too. 
Uh, I think he jumped Kittle at one point for me. Um, I kind of went back and forth on those guys. Uh, But he's now down to tight end six. And I would strongly consider moving Pat Fryermuth ahead of him, to be honestly, uh, to be honest with you. Oh, you should. It's it's right there for me. You know, I'm, I may get there at some point in the offseason, but I move a little bit slower. Um, but he just was a massive disappointment this year. Uh, you know, he, he did get injured at the end of the year. Um, he missed I think, four or five games down the stretch there. But he just he was nothing in between there. And he cost me he cost me a couple leagues. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I made. I, I don't play much redraft, but the one redraft league I was in, um, I had him. I had him in Scott Fishbowl. Cost me there. Made a couple moves to get him in some other places. Cost me there. Um, he just didn't get the volume that that he did before, and, and he was pretty volume dependent. I mean, he started week one. He got 19 targets, went 105 yards and a touchdown. And then he only crested double-digit targets one time after that. Uh, and he only, he never had more than seven catches after that. So pretty volume dependent there. He didn't, he struggled to score. He only scored two touchdowns on the year. Um, just kind of a down year for him and he's already 30. So, you know, there's not a ton of room to move up. Uh, so I did move him down behind guys like Pitts, Hawkinson, Andrews, uh, all guys who are younger, all guys that I think are better even now. And then you would get them even longer as well. And then uh, Pat Fryermuth, Noah Fant right behind him. Maybe I get there on Pat Fryermuth at some point. I don't know if I'll move Fant ahead of him. That quarterback situation might dictate that, but he's right there in that cluster. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it's fun for some of these guys because the age is is supposedly not an issue until it is. Like it's it happens so fast, and all it takes is one season where they're injured. Now all of a sudden they're injured and old and. Um, so I don't blame you for doing that. Um, I don't know. He's probably a guy I don't really know what to do with. Uh, I'd probably be buying him actually this off season, depending on like, if I could trade Mark Andrews for him and a little something on top, I think I'd be really happy to do that. Cause I'm pretty sure we just saw Mark Andrews best season. I think we did too. So, um, it, yeah, that actually might be, I had Mark Andrews in a couple spots. Maybe I'll see if I can shift him around this offseason there you go Hmm. making moves we're making moves on this show speaking of making moves uh somebody messaged me the other day that i acquired lorenzo styles from this year after my tweet about lorenzo styles being my must buy (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh i think maybe i should have asked for more and i was like yeah yeah probably i mean i've been talking about him for weeks so at this point, like I, I never really sneak attack. I don't wait until like I've gone out and acquired this guy everywhere, and now mm. all of a sudden I'm going to talk about him. Like I just talk about him, and I'll go buy him. So if you, if you're missing the boat on some of these things, you know it's your fault for not listening or following what I'm saying close enough because I never keep the secret as I'm trying to do these things. Yeah, no, that's fair. You. You are uh, you're not a man of the people, but you you do like to give the people actionable intel and intel that you will follow yourself. Exactly, always. Uh, so, who's the next player here that fell a lot for you in your rankings? Um, I mean, AB was a guy that I th- again I thought he would be one of those those players that just kind of is never really drafted at his value, isn't it? Like at what he should be. 
because of his age and his mental volatility, I thought we could squeeze a few more years out of him. It seems like that's probably pretty unlikely at this point um, between his, you know, another meltdown this week. Um, I, I just, I, everyone keeps saying, well, NFL teams are still looking into him. Like I really don't think they are. Um, like if you couldn't get along with Tom Brady and like Mike Evans threw him under the bus this week. Like, I, I think at that point, you know, you're seeing guys that are widely considered to be good dudes around the league just distancing themselves completely. Like, I think he's going to have a hard time moving forward, getting any sort of actual real job because he has to. The, the, the thing about AB is he has to be in the perfect environment or else it will all come crashing down. Mm-hmm. Like, he has to be on a team with a good quarterback where he's going to get a lot of targets on a team that is good or else he loses interest. Like there's only so many teams that, and he wants to make like he won't sign for cheap really, so like it's hard to find a place that has those combo that combo of things. And honestly, if I have a young locker room, I don't want him anywhere near it. Yeah. So I mean, it's even like you know, the Bengals hypothetically could bring him in as like a wide receiver three or you know something like that. Like I just don't think any of these kind of teams would touch him. I, I think he's pretty poisonous at this point which is a bummer because of what he is but mm-hmm. yeah 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 i would agree i mean i think the only situation that i can think of that would fit the criteria that you laid out there is the rams yeah the rams yeah, that's but you're gonna say yeah yeah I, that's the only the problem situation. is i don't think he'll get force fed there though no he won't like cooper cup will out target him and he and will have a fit that. about it mm-hmm. like i there, there are literally very few teams. Like Tampa was perfect. The Steelers, obviously, when he was their alpha guy, like he was perfect there. But looking around the league, there's just not that spot really. Arizona, but like I don't see him and Kyler mesh meshing no. really. Um, no, not, not great. Cliff's already struggling to to kind of keep that the peace there at times. Yeah. So. Yeah. Green Bay. I don't. Again, I don't know if he'd be the alpha. Like it's just it's it's tough. It's, it's really, really tough. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah he, he's a good one. Um, another player that fell a lot for me, you know, we, we touched on him a little bit last week, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, he's, man, he's, he, he's kind of done, you know. He's just has not done anything to this point, really, to, to warrant his NFL draft capital, to warrant his rookie draft draft capital. Uh, that you spent on him, you know, startup picks, it, just all of it. He, he just he has not lived up to the billing to this point, and it seems like the Chiefs are kind of ready to move on. They kind of they started featuring uh, McKinnon over him. He got banged up a little bit this year, so you know maybe people want to try to use that as an excuse and say, hey, let's buy him low. But you know, he only had four games this year where he had more than fifteen touches total. Um, you know, I just don't think the Chiefs want to use him in any sort of a bell cow significant type of a way. I mean, he'll he will be used on that team, but I don't think it's going to be anything significant. And I think you can still get people out there who are looking to buy him low, or you know, they might. All right, we got one more year here of him. You know, he's this is his year. He was banged up last year. Um, and, and I'm going to go get him, and this is going to be his year. If you have somebody like that, I think this is the time to move in. So he, yeah, he he fell for me. Yeah, I think we talked about him last week, two weeks ago. 
I believe it was last week. Yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't uh, done any soul searching on Ceh uh, since then, so I don't, I don't have too much more to toss out there. But yeah, he's he's kind of a confusing guy right now. Yeah, and you know I, I had him as my wide receiver twenty five, but I'm I'm actually looking here. I'm going to move him behind Robinson. I'm going to move him behind Cream Hunt. So he just fell even a couple more spots as I'm sitting here looking at this. Yeah, yeah. he keeps falling every time I look. Um, last one here, one player that we just, just not really sure what to do with at this point, you know, and, and you kind of said that was, um, uh, Darren Waller for you, but mm-hmm. I know you have, a, a another person as well. Yeah. Oh man. I put two names down because I wanted to reserve the right to talk about either of them. I'll go with the slightly more controversial one. I don't really know what to do with Rashad Bateman because I think, the big concerns about him from last year that were poo-pooed by the Bateman, the, the pro Bateman crew kind of came to fruition. Like, can he ascend to the top target in that offense? I think it's still very unclear. Can he carve out any sort of like, I know consistency or whatever has been like the, the big thing recently and on, on, and fantasy Twitter and is consistency important? And I think it, it probably, you know, isn't, but can he, can he carve out like the consistent role? Like where he is always part of the game plan. Like we'll always, you can always figure he's going to get targets. Like, I don't, I don't know if he can, like, I just, I just don't know with Andrews there with Hollywood there. Uh, it's actually not an anti Lamar. Um, question like i just don't know how well that that group there plus dobbins coming back like i don't know exactly what that offense looks like next year i still think bateman's being drafted toward the top of what he can be right now um so i i'm not really sure what to do with him i actually don't think i have that much bateman because he was going in the same tier as jalen waddle last year and i preferred waddle over him every single time um and rondale um, mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly what to do with Bateman if I had him, but I really, like I said, don't have a lot of him for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great one. Honestly, like you said, it's, it's tough to know what his role in that offense is going to be. And I know the debate going around right now is, you know, does consistency matter? That kind of a thing. And I, I don't think consistency from a production standpoint necessarily matters that much, but I think consistency from a role standpoint matters like I want a guy that I know is going to have this role in that offense. You know, I want a guy that I know is going to get the targets. You said, you know, whether he produces off of those targets, whether they're highly volatile targets that are deep downfield. Um, you know, I, I don't care quite as much about that, but I want the guy who's on the field getting the targets. And I don't know how many targets he's going to see. You know, I think we did probably just see Mark Andrews' best season. I think you're probably right on that front, but I still think he's going to be very involved. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown had a, a resurgence here, you know, this past year in his career. I, I think his role is very safe in this offense as the, you know, field stretcher guy, you know, who can bust off the long play there. And like you said, Dobbins coming back as well. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a guy that's being drafted at his ceiling right now. 
Uh, I only have him in one league and because like you said, you know, Waddle was going in that range and I prefer Waddle uh, 11 times out of 10. The only situation where I have Bateman is I had back-to-back picks and I took Waddle and then Bateman. But if yeah, I can move I Bateman for, you know, Elijah Moore or Bateman and a little bit for Elijah Moore, I probably yeah. would. Yeah, no, I, I would do that on heartbeat too. Uh, the player that I don't really know what to do with here is another guy we talked about last week as well. You talked about him. Um, that's Elijah Mitchell. Look, I like Elijah Mitchell. I think he is a solid player, but I think he's pretty replacement level. Um, I think he's in a good situation. You know, in, in San Francisco, we want that running back, but they they ha- they sometimes they use committees and sometimes Kyle Shanahan will go with a guy if that is his guy, if he shows to be his guy. And, and Elijah Mitchell did kind of show that this year, but I don't know if he, I still don't know if I trust Kyle Shanahan to not split those touches up enough. I I like Elijah Mitchell. He rose in my rankings. He climbed up to my RB 19. But man, I just I I have a hard time trusting him. And I think um Noah Hills, Noah More Parties on Twitter had a really, really good thread the other day uh, on Twitter about running backs being the gap between r- the skill level of running backs at the NFL is marginal in a lot of cases, which is why you see a lot of backup running backs step in and be successful you know it's a lot about scheme where you know once they hit the nfl and once they have proven to stick on a roster they're largely the same you know uh skill level wise i mean obviously the top end guys you got mccaffrey um jonathan taylor Najee harris guys like that but for the most part skill level pretty even and in a situation where I think Elijah Mitchell doesn't necessarily stand that much ahead of the other guys on his depth chart in terms of skill level. It's, it's kind of, it's a bit of a risky proposition. I think he's much more skilled. So I disagree with the basic premise of your argument. Um, He was, I think he was just clearly the best back on that team last year. The only other guy that I think is close is Raheem Mostert and he's old and And hurt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, I think a free agent or at least, you know, expendable. So mm-hmm. um, like, I think as long as Elijah Mitchell is healthy next year, we get a 1400 yard season out of him, like total, like receiving yeah. and rushing. Yeah. I mean, I definitely games. That's not even like ridiculous. He might even do better than that. I, I definitely see a path towards that, but I could also see San Francisco bringing in another running back at some point, you know, cheap. I think they would bring in somebody cheap, but I, I'm telling I you, I, I, I think, I think, I think they like him there. Like, I, I, yeah, I think he's the guy. I really do. I could definitely see that. Like I said, I, I rose him up. I'm just, I have a hard time trusting him right now, and I think he is priced at a point right now where it's not his ceiling, but it's, it's in the upper quartile of outcomes for him. So I'm not saying he's a sell, but if I get the right offer for him, I'm not hesitating to move him. 
Okay, nerd. No, I don't know. I don't know why I said that. Because <laughs> I said the word quartile. <laughs> I remember nerd. box and whisker plots. I bet you do. Um, all right. So we have the combine coming up this week here. Uh, you know, one of the big events of the offseason. Uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends go on March 3rd, Thursday next week. Friday, running backs, offensive line, special teams. Um, Saturday, defensive line, D-backs. And Sunday, defense or linebackers. And then Sunday's defensive backs. And that's their workout days. Obviously, they measure on different days and interview throughout there and everything like that. So it's going to be just an endless stream of news coming out. But um, just a little bit of a preview here. Who is one player that you expect to perform well at the combine that you think people are going to start talking about here. I, I mean, I think Jerome Ford is going to out. I, I think he's going to run pretty well. Um, I think he'll weigh in at a decent enough weight, you know, two ten ish. Um, he's a guy that I think, you know, again, I don't know. I don't know how much this will raise his stock per se, but um, I would be careful um, fading him. You know, you're doing it at your own risk at this point. Cause I do think he runs pretty darn well. Um, uh, this week better than my guy. Like I, like I, I think I have a bet with Mike here at the site on this. Uh, he's a big Tyler Algier guy. And I said, I bet Jerome Ford runs better than Tyler Algier. So yeah, yeah no, I, so there, there's, there's my two answers. The guy that's going to do well and the guy is going to do bad. Tyler Algier won't do poorly, but he's going to get outperformed by Jerome Ford. He's not, he's not a four, three, nine guy. The world about to find that out like real quick. Well, I mean, while we're, while we're on it here, why don't we, you know, you, you moved on to Tyler Algier already. You jumped me on the show sheet here. So let's mm-hmm. talk about Algier here. I mean, you you don't think he's a 4-3 guy? You know, what, what, what no. do you think? No. So I'm four, pretty three, sure either, either either David or Matt, one of them timed. He got, he got some on-field miles per hour out of him this year. I don't even think he breaks 20. Like, he's not that fast, guys. He's not slow. But mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me if he runs like a f- it wouldn't shock me if he runs a four five flat. That would that would like be the least shocking thing that happens this weekend. He's not going to run what people think he's going to run. At least then I can stop hearing people talk about him being a four three guy because he's not. That's not his range at all. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. He's a guy that I was considering for the um, guy who will disappoint. And this isn't to say that he's not athletic, but I, I do think people are hyping up his athleticism to be more than what it actually is so i can tell you right now that there's basically nobody at the combine this year that's like a high-end skill guy that any of us are going to like at all that runs super super well i think we're going to be super disappointed in what pretty much all these guys run like i think Mm -hmm. i see people talking about Brees hall running like a 4-4 he's not going to get close to that um like I'm, I'm trying to think of some other guys that have gotten hyped up jameson williams would have run well obviously mm-hmm. he right. is not running anymore um but yeah just like a lot of these top guys if you go down the list like i don't think um like i i don't think uh, Traylon brooks will run mid four fours he won't run any faster than that garrett wilson won't run super fast um and this isn't like to knock any of them they just like that's not their game so like i i don't expect there to be anybody that really comes close to like a four three that like we would want on a fantasy mm-hmm. roster. That's yeah. just not what this class is. Nope. I agree. Uh, one guy that I do think is going to perform well at the combine and is going to 
uh, get a little bit of buzz coming out of here is uh, Deshaun Corbin. Um, you know, he's in, in a running back class here that lacks a lot of the top end talent and people are kind of sifting through looking for sleepers. I don't think I don't hear Corbin's name mentioned enough. Um, you know, outside of uh, um, Corey P FF guitarist, he's one of the only people that I hear mentioning Corbin. Um, but I, I like I like Corbin a lot. I mean, he was extremely versatile uh, in his time in college. You know, caught the ball pretty well. He was a kick returner, um, particularly at Texas A and M uh, when he was there. You know, and he runs the ball well, but he's also got good speed. He's got he's got really good speed. I mean, he's not a burner. He's definitely not going to run a four three, but if he runs high four fours, maybe like four eight and four nine, um, it wouldn't blow me away. I do think he's probably more in like the four five four five one range, but it wouldn't surprise me if he if he dips into the high four fours there. I mean, he's um, in that game against Notre Dame, he broke off a ninety yard touchdown run, and that is a defense that is has a lot of NFL talent on it. Um, and I think he also is a guy that has good burst. Um, you know, I think he's got good leg drive as well. Um, so I think he's going to test well all around. And I think he's going to be a guy that you hear some people start to get in on more after this combine. Yeah. So I'm trying to pull up real quick what he was listed at because I think he was listed pretty heavy at FSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was listed at 221 pounds. If that's mm-hmm. accurate, if he comes in weighing near that, uh, there's no way he runs faster than a 455, in my opinion. Um, Which, again, 455 is a very acceptable mm-hmm. time for running. It is. Like, mm-hmm. I do not hate that time at all. I just think if he's actually 221, He's not going to run close to that. If he comes in underweight, I like think 208 ish, then, you know, maybe we're starting to get down really low four fives. But I don't even think he needs to get down that low. I think if he is at his playing weight, at his actual playing weight, and I don't know what he's listed at, but assuming he didn't gain a ton of weight um, and he's still like at his playing weight at Florida State, like I said, I mean, that, I guess, 90 yard touchdown run against Notre Dame. He had a couple other, you know, 50 yard touchdown runs. Um, he, he broke off some long plays, you know, against some solid defenses at times that, that had some good NFL talent. So I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. Um, you know, if he loses some weight, that's where I think you see him dip into the high four fours, four eight nine or four four eight, four four nine. Uh, but I do think he's more likely to be in the low four fives. Uh, and then the one player that uh, I think is going to disappoint, and it's not even so much that I think people are expecting him to blow away the combine because it's not his game, um, but it's Damon Pierce. Damian Pierce. He's a guy that we've been seeing get a lot of buzz, uh, especially coming out of the senior bowl. You know, routinely people were talking about him as the best or one of the best running backs at the senior bowl. Um, He has been rising up people's draft boards. He's been, you know, talked about a lot here, but I think he lacks speed. 
I don't think he's particularly shifty. Um, and I think that he, I don't think he's going to test very well. And I think that's going to move him down people's boards once they actually see those numbers on it. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I haven't like really digested what I, my, my total feelings on the combine this year. I think I'm just very uh, agnostic to it this year because I just expect virtually everybody to disappoint this year. Like, I just, it's just not a great class. It really, really isn't. No, I'll, I'll right. keep saying that, you know, for months. Um, but it's just not a good class. It's just not. What, uh, before, while we're talking about combine here, um, what do you think about, uh, your best friend, Jonathan Adams Jr.? <laughs> Jonathan, uh, no in comment. The, uh, in the Uf- no, US, I'm, I'm not a victory lap guy. Hmm. Uh, I'm not a victory lap guy. Congrats to him on continuing his football the, career. Yeah. Um, what is it? What was it? The US, <laughs> was it the, USFL, I believe. I believe it was the USFL. Yeah, it was the USFL. You're right. Um, Yeah. Who would have known? I guess he didn't actually run a 4-4. Man, crazy. Yeah, I don't know. The world may never know. Uh, Well, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, You know, as always, rate and review the show. You know, if you like it, Uh, like Spotify has a rating system now. So at least throw the five stars that way. Uh, check out the other family of pods we have on the C2C network. Uh, we got a college football, college fantasy football show, Chasing the Natty, that drops on Mondays. Uh, we have our other, sh- the other half of our show here, Campus Life, dropping on Tuesdays. Devi Debate goes live on Wednesdays. Uh, we have a new show here um, hosted by Brandon Sanders at CFF University on Twitter, a member of our CFF team here. Uh, future freshman that's going to be dropping on Thursdays. Uh, we got Canton bound uh, that drops on Fridays. And then we have the daily draft report that's going every day of the week here up through the draft season. Um, we got something for you every day. So there's no reason to leave our, our feed check in every day. We've got something for you. Uh, we also have a new YouTube show, uh, the official which is going to be taking a bit of an analytics approach to recruiting. Uh, that's hosted by Alfred, uh, big wide receiver guy, and solving football, uh, Matt and David, respectively. Uh, we also have college football filtered from Chris Moxley, fantasy football roundtables over there on the YouTube channel as well. We got a ton of content dropping on that all the time. Be sure to check that out as well. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I'm Colin. This is Austin. And have a good one.